Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answer to. I'm Sean. And I'm Vib, and neither of us has any clue what we're talking about. Now, before we get to today's episode, let's award the much vaunted Expertise is Overrated Tinfoil Award. As a reminder, this is an award that we give out at the start of each episode to the person who had the most ridiculous point in last week's episode. Do you want to tell us what happened? Uh, well, this is one of those what, sort what of rare ones where I'm entirely happy to accept it because it's it's just a pure statement of fact. <laughs> Batman is just a shit version of Tony Stark, I'm sorry, I mean, and he's not a superhero. I, Batman's cool, don't get me wrong. He's I, no Tony Stark. But if Batman isn't a superhero, then nor is Tony Stark, nor is Iron Man. Uh, see, that's up for debate. I think he 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 warrants inclusion in a superhero world because he develops a suit that is actually capable of doing superhuman things. Okay. Whereas and Batman just can hit quite hard. He's the world's greatest detective. Um, <laughs> I, no, that's Alfred, surely. No, I think it's Batman. You've just watched too many films. <laughs> You know, you know, I rate a good Alfred in in a, in any kind of story. <laughs> I do, lo- I do love a good Alfred. Um, I'm a particularly fan, particularly big fan of Jeremy Irons as Alfred. Yes, 100. percent That is that is a great, uh, that's great. Sass Queen Alfred. Yeah, but yeah, tinfoil for 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 saying that Batman is shit Tony Stark. Uh, I need to stop the rot. I feel like I've won far too many tinfoils. Um, as of late. I had the one the week before. You did, but you know, you were on such a nice little run, and I seem seemingly sort of said enough of that. I'll, I'll come I up with some outrageous things to say. <laughs> <laughs> we need more of your friends back to uh <laughs> to just to, throw to guests back. so I can throw them yeah, in the Yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> anyway, maybe maybe this week you'll say something outrageous. I'm really it's, it's very likely. I'm hoping for. Well, yeah, but the, the problem is, right, that's no longer the bar. Because you say something outrageous and then for some reason I just want to, like, one-up you and go, even <laughs> Yeah, there is. There, you do have that problem. You can't, you who, can't who just knows? let me sit there happy in my stupidity. <laughs> quite right. Quite right. Um, feedback. Have we got any feedback for this week? So I was engaged in a long and interesting discussion with a chap called Haxo. Uh, oh, earlier, yes. earlier today, um, Haxo Ironwolf of Twitch fame, Indeed. who who took great issue and umbrage with our early episode where we ranked the 40k Primarchs. Now, given his name is Haxo Ironwolf, do you want to have a guess what his issue was? Mm, is it that we ranked the line too low down in our list? Not quite. He's clearly a Dark Angels fan. You can just tell. <laughs> you, no. you take one look at Haxo and you're like, that guy screaming uh, Dark Angel. It's the monastic look he's got going on. That's really <laughs> what it is. No, did he object to Lehman Russ being, he, you know... Not number one appeared to be the yeah, issue. Yeah, um, yeah. He spent a long time just telling me stuff that Russ had done. And, and, look, Haxo, if you're, if, you're, if you're listening to this, I did appreciate our conversation. I thought it was really really interesting and you are clearly very very well versed and well read in in the 40k oh and no 30k universes but <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> that won't have helped <laughs> while, while we're vaguely well read we also just sort of wing it i don't know if you've known if people have noticed this we're sort of making this up as we go along we've never been wrong yet 
Full grip is a painting, yes. Even when we disagree, neither of us is ever wrong. Um, I mean, he can be as well-versed as he likes, but objecting to the fact that we rated uh, Russ not number one we both is, had, is daft. I went back and checked. We both had him at five, and I'm going to put my foot down and say that that's as high as he gets to go. I'm not having it. It's not. I 100% point. agree. Five is pretty pretty decent for, you know, him. <laughs> I'm just Savage. I'm just gonna not say anything more because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I think top five is respectable. Come on, I mean, it's 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 very very like high high flying company, quite literally in some cases. Like <laughs> not Weird. putting him above Horus or Sanguinius or Magnus. There was there was some serious upset that he wasn't above Magnus. Um, I mean, I put him above Horus. You put him above Horus, but you've got something wrong with you fundamentally <laughs> well yes but that's neither here nor there or not <laughs> anyway anyway not to rehash old old arguments if you never haven't we spent an hour recapping this and saying no 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 russ russ at five if you haven't listened to that episode go back and, and listen to it um also just anyone who, who is interested in that we are going to be doing some more episodes on warhammer 40k and um in particular we're going to look at the horus heresy um, and try and discuss the the causes of the Horus heresy. And we think that's not particularly difficult, so we'll probably do that as one of our 15-minute histories of fiction episodes. Yes, which we're famously good at. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny that you say we're going to be talking about the Horus heresy as though there's anything else in the 40k universe worth discussing. <laughs> I mean, come on now. I'm fairly sure you've got several episodes on why the numbers don't make sense. Anyway. <laughs> yes, but those episodes, uh, you know, are going to be years in the making because they're so so carefully so, crafted. Exactly, crafted. so so good. Um, yeah, we have yet more people who like Ellie more than us. Um, oh, yeah. this is just like being back at university. <laughs> That's quite funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a um, Lionheart Discord server regular Centurion Titus uh, said he liked the dynamic of having a guest. Uh, and he thought it was cool to have another person there to roast John. Uh, and I think we can all agree that um, <laughs> this is one of those more is, in fact, more situations. I think Obviously. having more and more people to roast you is, is just fantastic. Strikes me that Titus didn't listen to the episode because that's just not what happened. But okay, mate, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One one day I'll just get a bunch of surprise guests in just to roast <laughs> And these will be people that have never met you, and it's going to be great. <laughs> that'll, that'll hurt. That'll hurt quite a lot. Just a bunch of strangers being mean to me. <laughs> that'll also uh, be like being back at university, but that's another story for a different time. Oh, wow. I think uh, maybe, <laughs> what we... maybe maybe we'll do a psychiatrist's hour one day where you can just offload your university days to me. Let's, <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs> let's, in fact, move on. <laughs> yes. No, thank you, everyone, for your, for your feedback. As always, we do really enjoy the discussions. Um, if you want to have them with us, we're on Twitter. Uh, and come join us on our, our Discord server, where I think, sort of contractually, we have to let you shout at us. I think that's how Discord works. Pretty much, yes. So, yeah. Come Things, but that. you'll never know if we've blocked you. <laughs> Just screaming into the void. I've got no idea if Otter's left any feedback. I bought them years ago. <laughs> uh, he hasn't, I can confirm. Okay, cool. He hasn't. Anyhow. Today, what's what are we doing today? 
So today I thought we'd we'd try something new. Try a new a new a new media, new fiction that we haven't touched on yet. Uh, expertise is overrated. Thought we were getting quite nicely into our groove with Game of Thrones, throwing a bit of Star Wars, quite a lot of Dresden Files, quite a lot of Lord of the Rings. Let's mm. change things up a bit. So, Brandon Sanderson, big fantasy author. His yeah. <laughs> literally his books are big. <laughs> They're not, okay, that, that's an argument. If, if nothing else, uh, his books are very very big, um, and he. His his first major trilogy work, uh, the, the the first Mistborn trilogy, features a very I'm gonna say interesting character. Right, and that's the character of the Lord Ruler. <laughs> See, you're gonna say interesting. It's not really what you mean, is it? I can hear it in your voice. I, no, but we'll we'll come on to that. What what I wanted to do is I wanted to discuss the Lord Ruler and. I think this is a good opportunity for us to to also discuss our sort of respective, almost philosophies, because I think the Lord Ruler sort of embodies a pretty material difference in the way that you and I look at the world. And I thought this would be an interesting way to get to hash some of that. Wow. Out. Okay. Um, while I don't I don't disagree with that statement that we have slightly differing. Well, views. You've picked one heck of a character with which to do this debate. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I've, I've really characterised this dis- this debate as I'm the good guy, you're the bad guy, right? <laughs> I mean, not not to give the game away, but to to try and defend the Lord Ruler is going to be a challenge. <laughs> I don't, th- I don't think we need to defend him. I think we can, we can probably no, but we'll, agree we'll, we'll that, get to that he's not great. I, I think, I mean, the guy literally calls himself the Lord. <coughs> that's that's mm. pretty on par with, with some pretty heinous people from actual history. Mm, which, yes. you know, <laughs> kind of gives the game away there as well. Um, yeah, but I, I like your, your idea there where we can discuss philosophy, wax lyrical about, you know, the means and the end, etc., Yes, I think that's that's a good idea. But I, I think we probably do need to set the scene at least a little before we do that, because otherwise we'll just start yelling at each other about Kantian ethics or something, and we'll lose <laughs> oh, great, listeners. Great, great, straight for Kant, okay. We'll lose sure. <laughs> lose listeners very quickly. So anyone who hasn't read Mistborn, I I would quite strongly recommend you go and, and read at least read the Final Empire. It's the first book in the in the trilogy. Uh, it came out in 2006. So it's, as far as I can make out, I think it's Brandon Sanderson's second full published novel. His first being uh, Elantris. So, Final Empire... Can, can, we, can we just talk about that for a second? Because The Final Empire, fantastic book, and you were right to recommend it. Yes. Second ever novel this guy wrote. Unbelievable. It's really quite something, I think. Yeah. And the whole trilogy is, is fantastic. I mean, it's no longer really a trilogy, but the whole thing is is fantastic. It spiraled a little. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make three books of three each, and then maybe more. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do three trilogies <laughs> of three books, except I discovered that writing the interlude between trilogy one and two, I really liked the characters that I made. <laughs> so I mean, I'll be doing four trilogies, <laughs> plus a ten-book epic fantasy series plus 
other miscellaneous series plus two YA trilogy. The man has. I, I'm going to go out and say I think he's got a problem. In 15 years as well, I guess. We in, should yeah, it's on. It's unimaginable the rate at which he churns out words. I mean, you look at someone like our our favorite Jim Butcher who. Churn, let's be fair, I can churn out a Dresden Files novel pretty quickly. Yes, but a Dresden Files novel compared to, say, The Final Empire, that's like a chapter. Yeah, and then you look <laughs> at some of his latest stuff, the Stormlight Archive books are like each 400,000 words long. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's madness. It's, it's phenomenally impressive. Um, but say it quietly. You do a little bit wonder what someone like George Martin or Pat Rothfuss is doing. No, no, no. Say it very loudly. Say it straight <laughs> at them. What the fuck are you guys doing? Come on. Pull the finger out already. It's ridiculous. George R. R. Martin just sits around going, mm, yeah, I'm having some writer's block. Oh, fuck off. How many years of writer's block can you possibly have? <laughs> the, the fucking world has written the book for you. Just, you know, write down what they say. Jeez. Yeah. I if mean, you can't tell, I'm a little frustrated that the next um, Song of Ice and Fire book hasn't come out because I really want to prove Sean wrong about so many of his theories. And I'm really hopeful that it never comes out because <laughs> I don't Page know. One, that... Brandon Stark dies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that my ego could take more disappointment. <laughs> but, but Mistborn, so you've read it. Well, yeah. yes. I, I, someone has read it to me. Ah, yeah, of course, sorry, I keep forgetting you can read. Um, it's very important to remember that, yes. <laughs> is it the only Sanderson that you have consumed? Uh, as of this moment, yes. Uh, okay. I do have a few of his, his books lined up, but as is as is ever the case with any sort of book list or film list, it's a list that never gets short. <laughs> so you've also, I guess, not read Alloy of Law, Shadows of Self, and Bands of Mourning, the, 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 the sort of follow-up accidental Mistborn series. No, so that, that's that's one that I've actually got and, and I'm ready to go. Okay, but, cool. Uh, the, the thing with Sanderson for me is that it is, I mean, how else could it be with books that long? It, it is very epic. It, it is grandiose. And that, that doesn't, I'm not saying that to detract from it, but it's, so you know, you need to take a break. <laughs> so... A lot, of it, a lot of it is, and Stormlight in particular is, but Stormlight is is written to be a challenger to Wheel of Time, Game of Thrones, even probably Lord of the Rings. I don't know that that's true of Mistborn. That Mistborn is very character-driven, and in a weird way, although obviously it deals with sort of world-ending conflict, a lot of it feels really petty. Does that, does that does that seem fair? Am I being unfair there? I suppose the the all way the it all starts are interpersonal. I guess. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing starts off with with Kelsier, the one of the main protagonists. Mm. Obviously, if you're a protagonist, you're main. Um, it starts off with a bit of vendetta against the Lord Ruler, right? The the, the quite obvious. Um, it's a small one. Anti-hero of the piece. Uh, and and so you're you're right. It all starts from a very character versus character, and all the other characters sort of get dragged in, and the world-ending, impending doom, apocalypse, whatever you want to call it, mm. kind of just sort of happens alongside. 
Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's very well written, but it really is. Yeah, Kelsio's plan in Final Empire is to overthrow the well, steal the Lord Ruler's tre- tre- uh, treasury, and maybe try and overthrow him in the process because Kelsio is nothing if not melodramatic. <laughs> um, but yeah, sort of the the world ending threat, the coming of the the, the mists, uh, all of that, the the release of ruin, that all sort of happens alongside the narrative. Yeah, and and what I really liked about it is that, I mean, massive spoiler alert, obviously, but the the Lord Ruler doesn't do so well um, at the end of the first book. He murders but, the shit out of Kelsier, though. He, mur- he yeah, he does. Which is really funny. Shit out of Kelsier, but then Vin very easily kills him. <laughs> but she figures As, out his secret, right? Exactly. That's, that's yeah, the yeah. whole point. He he is phenomenally powerful. There's no two ways about it. He's strong enough that he can use his. And we'll need to come on to Alamancy, Farakemi, and Hemalurgy um, because. Gosh, confusing! But he uses his, he can use yeah. his alimantic power to like push and pull metals that are inside someone, which is a thing that no one else seems to be able to do. Well, except Vin, right? Yes, but and this is this is where I think you're not having read more. Sanderson is going to put you at a slight disadvantage. What Vin is doing there is tapping into a purer wellspring of power, right? So Min, Vin draws on the mists, doesn't she? Yeah, does she do that in the first book? Right at the very end, she does. Yeah, that, yeah, because that's where she gets... Yeah, of course. That's where she, she gets the power to... Trying to get, that's where she get gets that the power back, yeah. to pull the Atium bracers off the Lord Ruler, which yes, is what causes them to right, die. Yeah. That's right. Right at the end, and that's because she's... Um, She's drawing on the mist, but that is essentially drawing upon like pure what what you call investiture, like pure magic, essentially. Well, it's the power of preservation. It's the pure. It? It's the pure pure power of preservation. Yes. For reference, preservation and ruin are the the two gods. Ish. We'll we'll go with gods. It's the <laughs> easiest way to describe. It's it's fundamentally incorrect, and yet also the easiest way to describe them. Yeah, it's like a universe where, where yeah, yeah. They're, they I'll are they they are and were human being, human adjacent pe- people who took up shards of a godlike power, right? Which had um, a purpose, and ru- yes. ru- Atti takes up ruin and becomes ruin, and and that fundamentally changes who they are. Same with Laras taking up preservation, which if you've only read the trilogy. The actual trilogy would have no idea of no, uh, no way of knowing. You have no way of knowing, and it doesn't change the book. <laughs> it doesn't change. It doesn't even matter in the slightest. It doesn't matter <laughs> in the slightest. Uh, but that is what happens. Um, yeah. So you're right. Vin, Vin is drawing upon the like shardic power. Yeah, that godlike and, power essentially. And at the time, you have no idea that that's what she's doing because she she tries to spend most of the second book. Um, recapitulating that power, right? Trying to draw in the mists and, and yeah, trying to use them, uh, and then we slowly start to see this idea that there is a a bigger bad than the Lord Ruler, and the whole world seems to just be ending. 
And that is ruin himself. And that is ruin, yeah. Uh, and, so, and it's not until, I guess, quite near the end of the third book, I think, right? Where people realize that the Lord Ruler was trying to maybe do something good. <laughs> Which I guess yeah, well, is where the episode, the, the title that, of this episode comes from. <laughs> and that's where the, ep- the title of this episode comes from. But it becomes really complicated because we learn, I think in the second book, that the man who became the Lord Ruler was not the man who everyone thought was prophesied to become the Lord Ruler. Yes, and that guy's name I never remember. So it was uh, so Alendi was the man who was prophesied. Yes, he and was, it was uh, Rashek instead. It was Rashek who became his his uh, Terrace Pacman, right? His Terrace, his Terrace Pacman, exactly. And that's part of where the Lord Ruler's power comes from because uh, Rashek was a Faru chemist, so. If you're still with us and don't know anything about Mistborn, a ferrochemist <laughs> is someone who is capable of storing up attributes of themselves. So strength, health, knowledge, sight, age. Being the the and then yeah, then there's weird ones like age, and then as you move forward, there are really weird ones like fortune and identity and connection. And it all starts to get very, very abstract. But Essentially, Rashak was capable of storing up attributes of himself, so make himself weaker for an hour a day, say, to then at a later time be able to redraw upon those that strength, and it, it, you were able to compound it as well. This is where it gets very interesting. So, make yourself half as strong as you normally would be for an hour. You can then spend an hour twice as strong, or half an hour four times as strong, or fifteen minutes eight times as strong or a second a thousand times as strong right so that's 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 a, it's a weird but it's completely i guess in sort of thermodynamical thermodynamics terms it's completely neutral right you don't create or destroy you just change and use at a different time yeah of sorts yeah of sorts um but and, and it's it's to be fair to Sanders, it's a really clever way of doing something magical. Yeah, um, and and that's the whole theme of, of this of this um, trilogy, right? I mean, ferrochemy and allomancy, the the sort of defining words in there, I guess, coming from ferrum for iron and aloe for presumably alloys, I guess. A- alloys, I think. Yeah. yeah. So so there's this. It's magic that's based on metals, which which is a really fun idea, and so so the you know. Uh, the metal mines that we described to so the ferrochemists who can store things in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, really cool idea. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the other... And, and we don't actually know about ferrochemy for quite a long time. Half to two-thirds of the way through Final Empire is when we start to hear about it. Yeah, and, it, and then it seems to just be like a, a Lord Ruler thing. Because <laughs> uh, I don't think... Do we find that about Sazed? I think you do, because don't Before... we find out about it when Sazed rescues Vin from Kedrick Shaw? Yes, yeah, you're absolutely right. So he, he's like the first fairy chemist we see. Um, but, but before then, I mean, the, the big deal was allomancy, right? There's lots and lots of allomancers in the world. Yes, 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 exactly. And swing a cat hitting allomancer. <laughs> it's not. You're not wrong. Um, allomancy is 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 different. Allomancy doesn't exist in the time of Alendi and Rashak. Um, yeah, and I can never quite work out if. Rashek 
created Alamancy because he held Ruin's power, so I don't think he could have created Alamancy, but I think he was maybe able to unlock it or something like that. Well, it's all wrapped up in the Well of Ascension, which is A, one of the names of one of the books. Uh, yes. And, and B, sort of where the... Or at least where we think the finale of the first book kind of takes place. Um, and, and it seems to just be a place where there is a lot of uh, preservations missed. I don't think it's preservation. I think it's ruin. But I, I think preservation it's... is missed. I need to check. But this. I think Alamancy comes from the Lord Ruler having bound up some of the power no. of preservation into no, the Lord Ruler binds up, binds up ruin. He binds the... up ruin, but he... ruin is bound at the Well of Ascension. But aren't the aren't the beads? The, the beads are beads eat? of preservation. Yeah, yeah. This is where it gets a bit confusing. So. <laughs> I, uh, exactly how it works, I'm not sure. We're go- we're gonna. I think just say that I really should have checked this because this is really easy to check. Oh well. Um, after the Lord Ruler becomes the Lord Ruler, a new power enters the world, which is Alamancy, as you said, which is also really cool but very different. It's but also very similar, <laughs> but also very similar. So it's all it's all all of these are like metal related, obviously, as as you said, as the word. Uh, implies, but as by consuming specific metals and specific alloys, certain individuals are capable of burning those metals, having consumed yeah. them, in order to produce effects upon the world. It's 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 just magic. Exactly, it's just um, magic. But what's what's neat is that I, I think the same metals. You know, you can use a metal in Alamancy and you can use the same metal in Ferrochemy, and they'll have very similar roles in that magical Some, process. Sometimes, but also... So tin has a very similar role, right? So tin, if you burn it as a Alamancer, you can... It enhances your senses. Ferrochemists can use tin mines to store up the attributes of their senses. Yeah. But steel and iron for example, so they allow you to essentially act like a magnet if you're an alamancer. Yeah. So pushing and pulling any metals, not just metallic, not just um, iron-based metals or, or magnetic metals, but any metals, to or away from you. Um, yeah, which is not a very useful skill to store up in a... Which, but it's not a skill that's capable of being stored up in a mine. Yeah, exactly. So iron is... I can't remember what iron stores... Steel store no iron stores weight steel stores speed I think I think speed yeah I, I was gonna say I'm trying to come up with a way that that's still the same kind of ideas some I think the point is some of weight, them are weight and being some pushing of them and 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 speed being like pulling or something I don't know something like that probably they were around actually but yeah no there's overlaps there's 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 uh, differences. Ultimately, it's very cool. <laughs> I mean, the, the idea of a coin shot, uh, just to get, throw so much... We're throwing so much jargon at the listeners here, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. So but, the, but we should explain. So Alamancy, as you said, was, was, was born once the Lord Ruler sort of takes up um, his power, becomes, becomes the Lord Ruler, hmm. uh, reborn from Rashek. Um, and, and then you sort of... He created what are then referred to as Mistborn, Right, sure. these are these are allomancers who can 
use all the metals um, to to achieve what what those metals may or may not do. Yes, uh, and and over time, you know, he put lots of restrictions in place that people who can who, who have alimantic powers were the nobility; they weren't allowed to, you know, go and have kids with with the the common folk, the scar, as they're called. Um, with with the idea of obviously, you know, we want to keep this power uh, close to home, and and he can he can exercise a lot of control over the nobles because there's not many of them. Yeah. Um, but over time, nobles couldn't help themselves. <laughs> there was a lot of, you know, uh, fathering and, and mothering of children with with whoever sort of happened to walk by, uh, and the power almost seems to have got diluted in many ways. To the point where we get mistings. I think that's I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. So we we know that the Lord Ruler will come on to the the mixing of his powers in a moment, but we know that he's alimentically stronger than Mistborn who are born now. Right? Now being uh, during the during the the, the books. He is a stronger Mistborn than Kelsier, and he's a, he's a stronger Mistborn than than Vim. Yeah, whether or not he's stronger than Ellen, though, will be so would would be a question. This, yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that. I think. Yeah. Um, and he was probably only on par with the original uh, Mistborn he created. You would have thought. You would think, but they probably weren't. Twinborn, and that's this is yeah. where it gets weird. So, someone who is both, excuse me, someone who is both a mistborn and a ferru chemist is what you what what you start calling in the later books. So, after the ones that you've read, a twinborn. Yeah, right. A a twinborn enables someone to do some very, very clever and interesting things that are the source of the Lord Ruler's real power. Yeah. Right? So I'm going to I'm going to butcher this, but essentially if you are capable of storing an attribute in a metal mine, so say steel, for example, you can store physical speed yeah. in a steel mind. If you then consume that steel mind, you can burn it but rather than getting the ability to be able to push on nearby sources of metal, you gain access to like what you stored, but multiplied like is it logarithmically. Yeah, well, I always picture the, the burning of I think it's duralumin. I always feel yeah, like the the one that essentially helps you burn metals like super more yeah. strongly. Yeah, like the the supercharge. Uh huh. So yeah, you're right. You you use your metal mine to store something. You ingest it, and then you, you like super burn it. You don't even need to super burn it. So this is this is the thing. So you burn the what the example that we see in later books most often is gold because we meet a gold twinborn. So it's someone who's capable of burning gold alimantically and also storing health. <sighs> but gold is such a pointless one. <laughs> Alimentically, yes. Ferrochemically, no. <laughs> Being able to store good health is phenomenally useful. And then if you store good health and then consume the metal mind and burn it, you get back more health than you stored. 
right? You don't store it for its alimentic yeah. ability. You store it for its, you burn it for its which, ferrochemical ability. Which is where the thermodynamics, where the thermodynamics break. The thermodynamics break, but the thermodynamics break because magic alimentary creates energy. It just does. No, that, that, that's yeah. how it works. Magic. It, it, yeah, magic. <laughs> um, so say you stored one unit of health in a... Um, oh, God, you're not about to do math, so... You... No, I'm just going to say, you store one unit of health in a, in a metal mind, consume it, burn it, you get ten. You can then store nine of those in another metal mind, essentially. Yes. And that's how you compound up how much health you have. And if you're the Lord Ruler, you can do that with age. Yes. And, and that's why, if, if it wasn't clear up until now, the events with uh, Elendi and Rashik occur, I want to say thousands of years. 8,000 years, years, I 8, think. 8,000 years, yeah. Before we meet Vin and Kelsier and, and, mm-hmm. and all the main characters. So he is effectively immortal. I think it, his head was chopped off at one point, right? Uh, Marsh, I think, has seen him decapitated. Yeah, and burnt to what is it amounts to like a few bits. <laughs> yeah, he's essentially capable of regenerating from any injury because he probably spends most of his time storing health, not not um, burning health. Right, same way because he just can because he's like yeah. Yeah, although the question remains, if he's been burnt to a crisp, his armbands will have been removed, and that's what ultimately kills him. Well, I guess probably he's like just got some, net, like, tattooed, not tattooed, like, stapled inside him or something. You, you're going to say magic. <laughs> yeah, basically magic. Magic. He survives because of magic. He survives because of magic. <laughs> but no, so he's, he's functionally immortal. Functionally immortal. Really old. Thousands of years old. Supremely powerful. Supremely individually powerful. And he's a dick. This is sort of where the issue arises. Half an hour into the podcast, as ever. This is where we get to it. For once, I think we actually did something in 15 minutes, give or take. We did it badly. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. We've done done Mistborn in 15 minutes. (laughs) The question... and more. Yeah. The, the, the issue that we have is we know that when Rashek took up the power at the Well of Ascension a thousand years ago, he had the power to reshape the world, Scadriel, the planet. Yes. And look what he did with that power. I mean, he was, he was phenomenally powerful. He was really, As in, we, he, like, he, he lost a lot of that power a thousand years later, and he was still far and away the most powerful, uh, certainly um, Allomancer or whatever you want to call him, yeah, on the I, planet. <laughs> I, I'm fairly sure that Brandon Sanderson has said across the cosmos, across essentially like all of his published works, other than uh, the, the... Shit, what are they called? The Reckoners trilogy which is completely unrelated, the Lord Ruler is probably the most powerful non-Shardic being we've yeah. ever seen. Right? Well, and I think I, he, I... Yeah, sorry. Go on. Just, and that's when he's not carrying the power from the Well of Ascension. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 
Um, and I think it, he, he, I think he's later referred to as the sliver, right? Because he's essentially, I think it's like he was the sliver of the power of of a god, or you know, yeah, whatever, whatever he used to say. Yes. Yeah, he was that powerful, which is interesting because Vin also carries the power of the Well of Ascension at one point, doesn't she? Or is it? Yeah, it's Vin, right? Uh, Vin does, and then Suzette does as well. Yes, yeah. When he when he essentially just makes everything he, good again, <laughs> he becomes harmony. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fantastic book, guys. Honestly, yeah, no, really, <laughs> so yeah, go read, go read. Uh, <laughs> we're doing this absolutely no justice. Um, but yes, phenomenally powerful being, most powerful being in in the horribly named Cosmere. So what? Why is why is that bad? So, I guess the problem becomes if you're if you're invested with, as the genie in Aladdin says, unlimited cosmic power, and you use it to make the world into basically an awful, 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 awful place. And we should be clear, the world of Final Empire is truly horrific. Yes. It, it, it has a cast structure worse than basically anything that we see in medieval history. Um, by design. By by design, exactly. By, by the Lord Ruler's design. By, by, the, by the design of an infinitely powerful being, you create a group of second-class citizens for no reason re- that I can discern other than really you can? No reason other than you can. I I, th- I think the idea was, which I sort of alluded to earlier, is that he made a few people allomancers. Sure. But he wanted to ex- ex- exercise control over that population and keep it small so they became the nobility... So you essentially had to make sure that everybody else was a second-class citizen. You, you don't, and, and not worthy of you know prolonged interaction. Essentially, you don't. You don't need to make the scar the second-class citizens just quite so awfully treated. You could just say, you know, magic no, belongs that, only to the priesthood. But that don't. may not necessarily have been. Just the Lord Ruler, <laughs> but he's—it's also just nobility being a bunch of dickheads. Yeah, but 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 he's also in charge, and true. So, and, and so the, he can, uh, what's, he what's it called? He, he can yeah, basically so. read minds. Yeah, yeah. But so, why would he? <laughs> I mean, why would he? But he can do. And I guess he's got the ministry, doesn't he? The um, he's got the inquisitors. He has the inquisitors, but also. Like who were scary of, fuckers. The process of making inquisitors is horrific, and that's an art that he invents. Now, obviously, he, okay, invents is the wrong word. It exists because it's ruins equivalent of alamancy. But he, invent, he invents the steel inquisitors. Yeah, he creates steel inquisitors. You know, it, yeah, we should mention this is this is the the third sort of big art of metallurgy. Mm-hmm. Where you essentially just ram specific types of metal through specific body parts to Well, it's not just that though. You you ram those spikes 
through a person killing that person. Yes. They have to be allomantically or ferrochemically active. Right? And then that steals that power and gives it to the the, the end recipient of the spike. Yeah. Right, but all, all Inquisitors have, what, five spikes at least? Some five or seven, I can't quite remember. So I always, I always just picture the two through the eyes. They've got two through the eyes and at least three in the back. And I think they start to get more and more and more as the books go on. Yeah. But like, even five people, five people to make one Inquisitor. But he, but he essentially... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. You have to steal that power, but he he essentially creates those inquisitors to make sure that the nobles aren't, you know, screwing with the scar. Mm. No, sorry, not screwing with screwing the scar. And, but the also, also the only reason that he wants to limit allomancy to the nobles is linked to his desire to ensure that no one ever arises to challenge him. Right, so. The only person who's ever, other than Vin and Deus Ex Machina, <laughs> I can feel Brandon Sanderson fans reaching for their phones. <laughs> uh, other than Vin and sort of prophesized events a thousand years in the making where another person manages to usurp his intentions to take up the power again, the only person who's ever going to be capable of uh, challenging the Lord Ruler is another full twinborn because they're yes. the only person who's going to be able to match him in speed or strength or healing or whatever. Just anything, yeah. Just anything, real realistically. I mean, to to I guess put this in the context of of the first time we ever really meet the Lord Ruler, right? Because we we see what to us looks like a very powerful allomancer, and and being mistborn at the time of the book is already such a such a rare and phenomenal thing, right? The yes. people who can use all the metals. It's it's really quite something. And Kelsier is is one of the best and like super scary and he he can kill people very easily and he can do all sorts of amazing things. Well he he runs through like full squads of people specifically designed to kill Mistborn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's he like takes a, on twenty like twenty haze killers, I think, and just murders them as if they're not there. Yeah. It's 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 absolutely outstanding and you and you, you like you respect this guy from the very beginning. Uh, partly because he also does it all for the right reasons and so on. Maybe. Um <laughs> I think that's what he tells himself anyway. That's what he that's that's what he tells himself. <laughs> but uh there's the there's the the bit where we meet the Lord Ruler for the first time and, and his mere presence is so unbelievably strong. Like he sends out such a strong alimantic signal that it pretty much just stifles everyone. It like almost physically yes. overwhelms uh, people there. Yes, no, that's, that's just right by just by stepping out of his carriage. It's ridiculous. Like he is he's just on another level of powerful. That's true. More full Kelsier for trying to <laughs> trying to take him on. I mean, but but, but I mean, we see we see Kelsier take him on, and and he does. Yeah. Like, as well, he gets a spear through the Lord Ruler, right? He, he actually mm, does it. Well, no, it, no, the Lord Ruler just stands there, lets him throw a spear through. Is, him. That was that was going to be my point. My, my point is, it doesn't matter. Exactly, Kelsey Kel is the single most powerful up until those until up until that point. Like he he looks like the hero, right? He looks like your 
big damn hero. Yeah, you know, swoop in, swoop in and save the day. Ned Stark, ex- exactly. Um, he stabs the Lord Ruler through the chest with the spear. The Lord Ruler sort of looks at it, and then I think he punches Calcio so so hard he breaks his neck. I think that's right. Like it's it's such a it's such just, an undignified end, isn't it? It's just like oh, you're dead now. Yeah, and then he <laughs> says, like, goes back to his, uh, he, yeah, goes back to his carriage and just says to his inquisitors, kill literally everyone yes so this comes back to my point like we can see that the lord ruler and i think he even says this when when he he ultimately dies like you don't know what i was doing for you you don't know what i was saving you from yeah was ruin essentially he was he thinks of himself as the the one keeping ruin at bay but yeah but at the time we don't know that that's even a thing at the time, we don't know that's even a thing, and 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 even now, looking, we can we can look at the whole thing holistically, and just say, I don't don't judge him by what he thought he was doing and what he said he was doing. Judge him by what he did, and what he did was create a re- regime that is so brutal that it's almost yeah, it's almost comical in how bad it is. Yeah, like it's a it's almost a pastiche of dystopia. Yeah. So so yeah. So I guess we're we're at our actual question, mm. right? Is he a misunderstood quote unquote hero? Were his were his I guess his uh, motivations somewhat good, and did that justify what he did, or was he just a maniacal despot? Um, now I think we said right at the beginning that it's very hard to argue with the the latter. <laughs> I think I think if you, if you look at if you look at the definition of a despot as someone who has power because they're the strongest, that's a literal definition of the Lord Ruler. Yeah, no, he's he's undeniably a despot. There's, mm-hmm. there's I mean, no no one surely can argue with surely, that. Even, surely, even I cannot argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the point is, did he? Because we we obviously see him. A thousand years after, yes, he he gets to the well of ascension, and so that's, I guess, the calculation we have to do in our heads. Is, is does he end up in this situation purely because he's tried everything he can, and he's spiraled out of control, and he and he's he's come to a place where yes, he's he's subjugated the majority of the population in the most horrific of ways. He kills people so he can create super death, crazy killers. Um, he, he essentially pulls the planet closer to the sun or something like that to, to try and stop something and it horribly he, goes wrong. He pulls the planet closer to the sun in order to stop to try and stop the mists. But that then raises the temperature of the planet to such a degree that everyone on it would die. So he creates volcanoes to spew ash into the air. Yeah. To, to counteract all that. Counteract yeah. all of that. Like, it's a literal hellhole that he's yeah. created. But I mean, it's it's hard to fault a guy if we're not fully understanding what it means to move planets around. I mean, I'm sure that's not something you tend to do on a regular basis. No, and and I mean, says when he takes up the power is able to. Fix everything, basically. 
But that's yeah. because he's got his 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 copper mines, which are sort of full of the accumulated knowledge of millennia, which means that he can like redo geography and move the planet using exactly. stars and exactly. stuff. It's very very well well it's, done it's, and very well written. It's easier, right? Because the the Lord Ruler had to move the planet to try and do something which was a complete, you know, complete uncharted territory. Says it had the benefit of essentially just undoing things. Yes, still, still wildly difficult, but you know. Yes, and also says in trying to fix the mist because the Sazed becomes the mist, right? So he knows they're going away now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he is. He is harmony. The the. the... Yeah, he, he, he takes that of ruin and, and preservation, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, so, I, so this is the question we, we, we have to ask. Is is yeah. the Lord Ruler the person he is because he's just a douche? Or does he? Or did he genuinely try to do the right thing and things just kept getting so out of hand that, that he just became the embodiment of the means, or the end justifies the means? Well, I think that the the argument in in his favor i guess and i'll make that first is that it's the classic every problem you fix creates two more right and all you're ever doing is fixing problems that you yourself created because you couldn't foresee the impact of your yeah, actions quite. yeah and I, I think we're we're meant to he doesn't get smarter when he takes up the power of of preservation or ruin or whoever it is, right? He's still he's still just Rashak, the the terraceman, Pac-Man. So maybe he was trying his best. Maybe that's that's all that it, it it was. And and we've never been in that position. You know that you've got limited time with the power in that state, and all you can really do is try and do your best in, in a very short period of time. And, and yeah. what we see is his best. And it's, people are still alive, right? It, it has industry. The The final empire has industry. It has canneries. It has all sorts of things. We know uh, he was... See, but that's, it's interesting that you mentioned canneries specifically. Because yeah, no, that, got... in the Lord Ruler's reign, right? Yeah. Is the only technological advancement that we see. Oh, I think we. I think there's all sorts of like metal foundries and stuff. Yeah, but for example, before he becomes Lord Ruler, there is gunpowder, and one of the things he does is make sure that people forget that gunpowder is a thing, <laughs> um, because obviously armed rebels with guns would be much more dangerous than armed rebels with with bow and arrow. True. So True. he actively suppresses a lot of technological advancement, and not. And not for the, the good of the people that he's then supposedly trying to protect. Except that we know that he lays down caches of canned food in preparation for the like second coming of the deepness and all of that. Right? He yeah. he is building an ability of his people to withstand what what he knows is coming. And that's yeah, so pretty the audible. The yeah. shelters, etc. That's, so not, that's not nothing. 
Okay. Well, this is unexpected. I thought I was going to be arguing for Hero, but it turns out you are going to be arguing. For no, I'm 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 I'm, I'm 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 doing my utmost to make the case before I. No, come the, in the, off the shelter. My long the run. shelters are, in fact, yes. I think he sort of sees that shit is going to hit the fan. Mm. Um. Uh, but ultimately, we don't necessarily really know that because. In in having bound up Rune within himself, as long as he's alive, the the only real danger the planet faces is being too close to the sun, which admittedly is entirely on him. <laughs> but Rune is controlled because he's controlling him, so it's, it's well, Finn I mean, who like unleashes all that onto the world again. Well, that's only because he uh, Rune is only controlled because like Rune Rune's power gets dissipated. At the Well of Ascension, and then slowly over time recoalesces at the Well of Ascension. And the intention was that, um, I think Rushek's intention was to do the same thing again, essentially during the next cycle. Exactly. Yeah. Ruins not. Um, yeah. No. I, I guess I, I'm being a bit too generous, but like he he had a plan, and one that worked for a thousand years, and and yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, hard yeah, to yeah. say. Well, why wouldn't it have worked again? Well, it didn't because Vin. <laughs> it didn't because Vin. Vin messed up, yeah. Well, not messed up because ultimately, obviously, you know, happy ending and all that. But, but yeah. So, so yeah. So this but, is obviously the bit that you wanted to have, right? Do is that enough? That's my question. Is yeah. that enough? Does does the end justify all means? A AKA the generation of what well, is more or less a slave society that gets treated like absolute shit and they're supposed to be happy that they get treated like absolute shit. Mm. Um, the creation of the Steel Inquisitors, which, as you said, requires the death of at least five people yeah. to create one like heinous being. The creation of the, the Coloss, these ogre-like, troll-like humans that we later find out are also just metallurgically changed people um and i i guess the um uh, what the other one's called i forget uh the Kandra. the Kandra, yeah the, the sort of the spies that he creates yeah who call him father which is just yeah but, i mean he he um he turned the, the Kandra were turned into were the were his his friends right he did that to his friends yeah I think, yeah. I... Yeah. So, so does the utter destruction of any, by any definition of good, the destruction of any good human society, is, is that worth it for the sake of ensuring its survival by your own potentially flawed logic? Not yours, but the Lord Rulers, that is. I mean, my, my feeling is... No. Quite quite simply, I think if you... What's the alternative, I guess, is, is the, the issue, I mean, right? But I think that the, the, the assertion that the alternative is the utter destruction <laughs> of everything is pretty much wholly unsupported. We... What we don't see... Yeah, like... We don't know what the the fail state is 
right? When before when Rushek picks up the bar, we know that Alendi is worried, or sorry, I know that um, one of the terrace world speakers, whose name I forget, is worried that Alendi is going to release Ruin, but like we don't know what Ruin is going to do. I mean, it's not great. Name's not. <laughs> <laughs> not great, but you've got preservation as well, right? They're they're there. But more than that, though, like if you just look at the person that Rashek was before he took up the power, he's not a nice person. He's not a good person. He is a essentially a terrorist man supremacist because they've got uh Ferukemi, he thinks that they ought to be in charge. Quan, that's the world speaker's name. Um, he can't handle the fact that the terrorist prophecies point to Alendi as the hero of ages. Although there's a point to be made that those prophecies might be being manipulated by Ruin. But even... Even more than that, just his his behavior, his heinous, heinous treatment of other human beings, as far as I can tell, for no reason other than that he can, mm, yeah, is is that feels pretty inexcusable. And I think my counter argument would be, set says right, says Ed, his says Ed, his his behavior when he is invested with far more power than Rushak had because he gets both preservation and ruin at, at that point what he's capable of doing is making a, a society that is his best attempt at utopia and he doesn't he doesn't form a an instant and long-lasting utopia of course because it's something that has to be worked at but I don't see how you can look at what could have been done with that power and then look at what Rashek did with that power and go, oh, yeah, but he was trying his hardest. So, yeah. you know, we, we can excuse all of that. I think... Yeah. I, I just I just don't think that you, you can. No, it's, it's, it's great that you mentioned that as well because the, the imagery is so powerful there, right? Because... Uh, says gets the, gets the power for ruin preservation after Vin sacrifices herself mm. is that, if i remember right i think she takes preservation's powers and she takes the mists yes which is preservation to then essentially just kick ruins ass and it kind of kills them both coalesces them into this one thing that says it then takes yes no it's probably doing a horrible a horrible job of explaining that but that's sort of what happens no it's so, it, it all it all gets very like symbolic yeah, very much so. Like from the <laughs> Matrix or just Jesus. Yeah, Vin and her husband Ellen sacrifice themselves. Caesar gets all the power and does remarkable things. You know, like he, he creates flowers because flowers were such a yes a thing. No one had remembered. No one, no one could remember years. flowers. So, um. so you, you end up in this world which is just utopic, as you said, phenomenal. And you, then you think, well, what the fuck was? And he then the, the, the crucial thing with says is he then sticks around and continues to like marshal the world that he's built, 
and continue to gently try and steer it on the right path. He doesn't set himself up as a tyrannical dictator, even a benign one. He's just, he's just not there, but he's still watching and still trying his utmost to make the world a better place for everyone. The ultimate supernatural shepherd. Exactly. Exactly. So, 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 yeah, this is why this is this is such an extreme example because even if the end justify the means, the, the means are so completely outrageous in this case. Yeah, this might have been a slightly unfair one to pick. I mean, I know, I know, you, you try to point me, you know, in the light of someone who's just no, yeah, cool, that's... calm, logical, and collected, and you know, humanity be damned if that's what serves humanity or me. But what I would, <laughs> what you could also say, right, is that Rajak is actually a really bad example of ends justify means because his means are so bad. That his people... means, his means are so bad. But I also think that quite often when we see these literally examples of means justify the end, we we tend to see it from a perspective of someone who's actually just a bit smarter than Rajak was. Yeah, I guess that, I guess that's that's sort of my point, right? You don't have to make the scar quite so horrifically downtrodden. You don't have to turn every single living Faru chemist into a mistwraith. You don't have to cr- yeah. create this category of being that is sort of axiomatically better than than everyone else, and and then use that power as a bribe to bring kings to your side. You don't have to do any of those things. You you could just Make a slightly more caste-driven world. Put yourself at the top, and then put allies below you. But, but you don't even have to do any of that. You could do literally, as you say, what what Caesar um, does. You could, you could. Because, but let, let's let's assume once... that you are you are someone bent on a little bit of rulership, not, not you know despotism or or lord ruler or anything like that. But maybe not lord ruler, bit... but the, the master ruler. <laughs> <laughs> Sir ruler? Sir. I don't really know a term that's, that's better. Sir, I think. Sir is, is king? Step down. Sir, Sir king? <laughs> um, okay, fa- fair no, enough. But, but at that point, your ambition is already going... Your ambition is automatically going to be the thing that, that leads to your downfall there. Maybe. Maybe. Right, but... Because once you have power, you, the only thing you're afraid of is losing that power. And that's, I think, when you start doing these absolutely batshit insane human experiments and, and whatnot. And for the record, everything he does is just plain wrong. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, I mean, we've, It serves we've, no we've, purpose, I think, to, to preserve the world, even, even if you try to understand his logic. And this is, this is the other side of it, right? Yes, the attempt to preserve human life is absolutely laudable, but if what you do in... I watch how I say this, but... Like, the world that he creates is so bad that there's a, a a strong case to be made that he was probably better off just not yeah and this, don't this... be quite such an ass absolutely basically and i, th- I think we'll, we'll we'll probably revisit this at some point if we if we ever do an episode on the emperor of mankind no, that's a very good comparison actually that's one i haven't got, considered because yeah, he's got a very similar idea of you know, we need to preserve humanity, and in fact, we need to you know, put humanity on the on the pinnacle of, of the entire universe. And in but Jimmy, so doing, Spa- he Jimmy Space is much life. smarter. 
He's much smarter, and and I think he's a much better example of means justifying the end because he is actually he is he's a much, he's a much better debate to have this. Yeah, because ultimately his argument is for the sake of humanity's uh, greatness, I will sacrifice trillions of humans if I have to, which which yes. is kind of a fucked up thing to say. But, but I've constantly it makes more got, sense. <laughs> I've constantly got my eye on the prize. That's the distinction I yeah. think with Rashek. Rashek's issue. He has many, many issues, but his big one seems to be he loses sight of his goal. Exactly. Which is the preservation of humanity. So if you're not trying to preserve humanity and all you're doing is just making the lives of humanity awful, why are you doing that other than yeah. sadism? Exactly. What's your and, excuse and this is why he's, behavior? He, he's so different from, say, Zed and Finn, because they ultimately achieve what, what he possibly said how to do it. It's, it's unclear, but as you said, Rashik was already a, an asshole. <laughs> um, and maybe one of the first few things he did, like moving the planet, what's whatnot, was maybe to ensure that, that humanity survived. Or, I, don't, I don't know if they're strictly humans in that world, but you know what I mean? Yeah, but he, does also, he, he does also fundamentally change at least the scar, doesn't he? To make them like hardier than normal humans. Yeah. But, but somewhere on the line, I think he just said, okay, I've done my job. I don't care if I live in a world where there's, there's volcanoes spewing ash. As long as I can store myself in the center of it all, be the Lord ruler of like everything. <laughs> yeah. And that'll be grand. And, and I don't really care about anything other than that. And in the, that's, you're absolutely right. He loses sight of, of perhaps what he set out to do yeah. to just be a massive dick. <laughs> And that, that's just not... You can't defend that. <laughs> yeah. He definitely... I mean, he just commits genocide at the, like, at the moment of, of when he's in his, in his full power. Well, it's going to sound horrible, but worse in some ways. Because he doesn't just... He doesn't even give people, like, the release of death, but he, he turns them into... They say mistraths, which which are, which sound like a, a dreadful state of being. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a separate debate to have. You that's know? that's <laughs> what I, of death over. That's what I was talking about. Life, but yeah, 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 I was. No, I, so so I think. Are we both agreeing that he is a maniacal, egocentric, completely batshit, insane despot? I think we are. I think we are. I don't. I I think he's irredeemable. I think we've we've found. Is this our first irredeemable villain? I think so. I think so, because there's there's just no need to do even half the crazy things he did. <laughs> wow. So cool. I think I think we will revisit this when we when we talk about um Big E. Big E. Yeah, I think mm, I'm I may have I may have picked the wrong person to have this debate over. Um, well, you clearly see me as well, I, I an, e- an evil on par with the Lord Ruler. I'm just, I'm no, I, I really, I really don't. I just feel like, in, especially in the wake of sort of your Lara Wraith hot take, yeah, a couple sure. of episodes like recent to that, we've had a few ends just. It's not quite ends justified means because that makes you sound like an asshole, and you are an asshole, but not for that reason. <laughs> but. No, I, I if it felt like something where we would have a good a good debate, but I, I think we've had a good discussion and, and we've 
hopefully convince some people to go and read Mistborn. Uh, we've spoiled all of it, so <laughs> literally all of it. Yeah, even the, um, even the things that aren't even in the trilogy. <laughs> yes, we have. Um, spoilers, big spoilers. Kelsio's not dead. Oh, come on now. Even I didn't know that. Wait, did you not? Shit, sorry. <laughs> how, how could you have spoiled something on the show for me? That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's so bad and also so good. And I'm both no, really every... sorry and not no, even no, I think, I think I think I did know that, actually. Um... I, because you were talking about having like done research on the Cosmere. It, it's it's never relevant, in, again, in a Mistborn book. Um <laughs> The Cosmere in itself is, is, a, is, a, is a fascinating fascinating thing. No, but I, I think your idea is a very good one. Uh, and, and we did, in fact, have a good debate. It just so happened that we both agreed that some things are just way beyond the line. Uh, which is good. At least at least we both have a line. This, um, this might also be a salient lesson for certain members of the British media. It is possible to have a debate on which only one side is correct. <laughs> Yes, the difference between them and us is that we're smart. <laughs> Apparently, so I keep well. Myself. Okay, we're not as dumb as them. <laughs> Maybe ah, that's, that's a fair it. way of putting it. That's a fair way of putting it. <laughs> and on that bombshell, I fear. <laughs> Absolutely right. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Expertise Is Overrated. No doubt we've said some things that were either objectively wrong or downright offensive. As ever, feel free to let us know, rate the podcast, and leave us a comment, or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail.com, tweet us at zeroexpertise, check out our website expertiseisoverrated.podbean.com, or come join us on our Discord server. If you're lucky, we might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes. If you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. For our next episode, we're opening yet another new door for Expertise is Overrated, as we enter the world of Firefly, asking whether the film Serenity provided us with an adequate finale to the greatest TV show of all time. Hmm. Join us then for more nonsense. <laughs>